Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. My name is JJ Hodges. I am your host. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the Dad Gum Original Batman on Film. <sighs> what a what a month. What a what a what a year. I hope you all are doing well out there. Uh, if you have not yet, please get the vaccine. Please, you know, do what you can to stop the spread of COVID-19. We've been through fucking enough, people. Come on, man. Help your fellow man out. <sighs> Which is ironic because on the podcast today, we are talking about two people who are really good at helping their fellow man. But when it comes to helping each other... Not so much. I'm talking, of course, about Captain America Civil War. Uh, My guest today is Chris Evans. No, not that Chris Evans. Although his uh, Twitter handle would lead you to believe differently. (laughs) Uh, Chris and I talk about uh, the Captain America Civil War uh, movie as well as the comic that inspired the movie. And uh, we do a deep dive into both. Um... You know, you know, Chris is from Let's Go, and those guys over there are, you know, they're incredible people. There's so much fun to talk to, and, uh, you know, and, and Chris was a great guy to spend an hour with just gabbing on about um, the the fun and the the heaviness of a tale like Civil War and how it reshaped the MCU in a lot of ways, um, and, you know, this is all in reference to the um, 80th anniversary of Captain America. He's 80 years old. Wait, by the time the movie ends, he's like, what, like 100-something? I, I don't know, whatever. It's not the point. Regardless, uh, I love that these characters are timeless, and uh, you have somebody like Captain America that can easily be left behind and seen as a relic of a bygone area area (laughs) era i mean excuse me he's not he's he represents something that we should all aspire to um but what, what what am i rambling on for here chris and i talk about it uh here we go captain america civil war all right so my guest today is uh chris evans uh, despite his Twitter handle, not that Chris Evans, sorry, ladies, but just as cool, I promise. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on your first episode of the Four Comic Junkies podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, th- this is exciting, you know, because I've gotten to know you a little bit through Twitter. Um, and, you know, you and all the Let's Go guys um, are so much fun to talk to. Because you're also, and I mean this in the best possible way, opinionated, uh, but not, but uh, but also welcoming, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's so important and can be lost in fandom sometimes, you know, if you want to jump in and say like, oh hey, I really like this or oh I didn't like that, people are quick to jump down your throat either way, right? Yeah, that that's the funny thing about Twitter and I think fandom in general, you're not allowed to have an opinion yeah (laughs) if you like something we hate you if you don't like something we still hate you but um 
you know, the way I've always seen it as not everything is for me. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And that's cool with me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that there are fans to different things. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it took me kind of a long time to, to understand all that. You know, I think, I think it started when there was sort of the backlash against Batman versus Superman, because there was, yeah. there is, you know, a part of me felt silly. I was like, but I like that movie. Like, and everybody's dumping on it. And then it was like, oh, it's actually okay that I like it because other people like it. And also if they don't like it, that doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them wrong. It just means that they're a different person and that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, opinions are opinions. Everybody's going to like different things. And, you know, you bring up Donald Justice. That was kind of a brutal time to be a fan. Yes. Because <laughs> there was, like, no filter at that time for people. Mm-hmm. And it, that goes for both sides, respective, you know, respectively. And there was just no filter. And I, I think that we've come a long way since then, I, I hope. Um, I think I think most of us have. Yeah, <laughs> so most like of the good ones. So. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I just want to be optimistic there, but I'm hoping. <laughs> um, What's well, funny you talk about that time because uh, a couple months after Dawn of Justice came out, Captain America Civil War came out, which um, it's funny because, you know, today I, when I asked you on, it's like, oh, we're, we'll talk the book and we'll talk the movie. And rereading the book and rewatching the movie, it's like, man, talk about apples and oranges you know <laughs> yes i mean if 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 for no other reason literally then the 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 books have you know 70 60 years plus history at the time at least when the book was published in uh 2006 uh 2006 7 i think um yeah. yeah okay all right so good um i try to be right with these things often i'm not but you know we keep pressing on. <laughs> we can only do so much. Yes. <laughs> There's only so much research I can do while I'm watching the movie, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, it, and I think, uh, you know, they, they, so they had like, you know, 60 some history, 60 years, some history with these characters and everything. Whereas with the Marvel cinematic universe at the time, we only had about eight years of history, which yeah. I do like that they call attention to um, that, you know, Vision specifically says eight years ago when Mr. Stark revealed himself as Iron Man, blah, blah, blah. It, it's on the one hand, it, it, I, I don't know, I go back and forth because it's it's a good thing on the one hand because it's like, oh, we're, we're seeing them age. We're seeing them grow and mature and change. On the other hand, it's like, I like the idea of the comics, sort of like the Simpsons in a weird way where they don't really age, but they kind of do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually like that they acknowledge the time that's passed because it feels, it isn't going to sound silly, it makes it feel a bit more real, like we're yeah. a part of it. And, and I, that's just a big thing for me with, with the Marvel Universe in general, because I feel like considering it's such a giant shared universe, we as an audience are part of it. Yeah. And so when you hear them say, well, two years ago, you're like, I remember that. I yeah. saw that two years ago. Yep, yep. <laughs> No, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think that luckily the movies, even if they're quote unquote dating themselves, they're, but they're, they're also not. I think most of the movies are pretty timeless, like the themes and everything. They're not mostly, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, but it, it is funny to hear Peter Parker say, hey, you know, do you see that really old movie Empire Strikes Back or in you know, Infinity yeah. Wars? Do you see that old movie Aliens? It's like to him, it's old. And 10 years from now, it'll be even older to somebody mm-hmm. else. But you can also believe that, like, maybe a kid would have watched it and been like, man, that movie's old. 
Yeah. But you know I what mean, I mean? It's even old for you and I, if you think about it. True. True. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's old for us. And you think, yeah, like you said, 10 years later, what is a kid going to like? That is an, that's an ancient movie. Why is it not in black and white? I, I had friends that were about 10 years younger than me when we saw the Suicide Squad, or not the Suicide Squad, excuse me, <laughs> just Suicide Squad. Uh, they they were like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I was a big, I grew up on the Dark Knight movies. Those old Tim Burton movies are so campy. And mm-hmm. my best friend and I looked at each other and we were like, uh, it's like I'd smack the hell out of you if I didn't, if I didn't understand that there was <laughs> a slight generational divide here. <laughs> little bit on that one yeah a little yeah. well that's that's an interesting point I, I didn't know um the younger generation saw those as campy that, that's interesting i i don't see it that way uh but it's fine I don't either but you know <laughs> it's that's a whole I other mean, that's a whole other podcast I, we could do <laughs> yeah i live through stealing catwoman so you know that, that is a whole other deal <laughs> oh my gosh i just watched steel not long ago what a piece of bless shit. you sir <laughs> bless I, was, you. I was curious i was like i don't want to watch this again i haven't seen it since i was a kid and as even as a kid, I was like, "This is bad." But then I rewatched it. I was like, "No, no, I was right. This is bad." Uh, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> poor Shaq. He's much better as a sports commentator than <laughs> than he ever was as an actor. <laughs> um, but um, so it's it's interesting when you know when they announced, "Oh, the next Captain America movie is going to be Civil War." Mm-hmm. I was immediately very excited, but also nervous because that title as a comic book fan brings so much into it that I was like, well, you know, are, are they going to, cause at the time they announced it, I think they did announce that Tony was going to be in it, that Robert Downey Jr. was going to be in it. But I think at the time they announced it, I think okay. he and T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman, you know, may he rest in peace. Um, I, I think they were the only two him and, and cap, of course, the, the three of them, they were at the D23 Expo. Mm-hmm. I think they were the only confirmed characters, um, you know, other than like we all kind of assumed that like um, that Sam Wilson would be coming back in you know, a right. Falcon and, you know, maybe Nick Fury, who, you know. Um, so they were the only confirmed cast. So at the time it was like, OK, well, at the very least, we're at a good starting point because you can't call it Civil War without Iron Man. It just mm-hmm. it it wouldn't have worked. I don't know if you necessarily no. agree with me there, but I think oh, yeah. it, you, you need for Civil War. You you have to have the big two, in my opinion. You got to have Cap. You got to have Iron Man. Yeah. It, without them, who's really what are you fighting for there? It 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 wouldn't have worked if it had been just another villain that mm-hmm. Cap has to fight, or some other idealist, or something like that. Like for example, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet, but if it had been Red Guardian, right? You know, like it it wouldn't have worked. I haven't seen Black Widow yet, although I do love David Harbor, so I hope he gets to do more going forward. Uh, I do too. Uh, but um, I was so as soon as they said that, I was like, okay, we're in a good spot. And then as the weeks went on, and this is like right after Age of Ultron, so this is like summer 2015. Um, and also, I sort of miss that a little bit the the anticipation of the movies right you know where they they yeah. announced the movies and i mean like the covid <laughs> right and, and covid just threw everything for a loop but um and there's god it's, it's crazy now because there's so much you know <laughs> so hey, just, we're going to like the backlog now <laughs> yeah there's there's disney plus which you know all the stuff that's coming up i'm very excited about um there's you know all the movies coming out next year and even finishing out this year there's we got three more movies for the end of 2021. That's yeah. crazy. And that's just, um, are you just counting the Marvel movies? The yeah. MCU? Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, even if you add the other, like, I don't know if you count Venom in that. I kind of do. It's a Marvel movie. Ish, yeah, thing. yeah. It it may or may not be somewhere in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it, it's out there, maybe, possibly. Yeah. We'll see. I think, I think you can kind of get away with having these movies exist, you know, like, without having to constantly be referencing the other movies, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that the other like the phase two movies, quote unquote, I think they did a good job of existing on their own without having to be tying into everything else that was coming. Um, you know, especially Iron Man three and Cap- Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, if that makes any sense, I feel like I'm rambling. Yeah. No, 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 I, I completely agree with you. The phase, I, you know, a lot of people will poke at the MCU saying, well, it's always got to be connected to something. There's always a canon. That's actually not the case. If you, go through the films even thor the dark world did not have strong ties mm-hmm. yes you saw cap in there but it was a it was a joke kind of thing he yeah. wasn't in the movie <laughs> um so yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. the phase two movies even most of phase one it wasn't about hey look how many characters we could smash into this movie so we could do things later <laughs> they, they could have like references to the other characters yeah um but that and i think that was enough at the time and then i think by the time we got to Avengers Age of Ultron and then to Captain America Civil War, audiences kind of wanted that, though. They wanted it's like, well, we like the Avengers movies, so put them in all the movies. And I think, you know, for better or for worse, I think that ended up working out. You had Hulk in Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. um, and then having uh, Ant-Man have uh, the uh, Falcon cameo. Even if it didn't include that, I think it could have existed on its own and still have been a part of the world but i think that was a smart cameo to have in that movie but then of course with um captain america civil war it's like this it just wouldn't have worked without iron man or and at least one or two other avengers you know it just it had to have that to just justify its title that was and i think that's the thing with civil war it's you know i, I know we'll get to it but the comic is a very specific kind of story yeah it's not just villain bad hero good you know mm-hmm. There's something more to it. There's a deeper meaning. And to do that, you need two heroes who you can you can back yourself. Because I, I'm sure you remember there was a conversation. Which side are you on? Which yep. team are you on? You know? Yeah, that, that was a big selling point for the comic. I remember seeing all the, I guess I feel like I'm dating myself. It's like all the ads in Wizard Magazine and everything, you know. <laughs> I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember those. And, uh, and, and the movie did that a little bit, too. And I think it, it, it was kind of fun to be on that side. I actually went to the movie. Uh, on a date with a girl where I was team cap and she was team Iron Man. And we kind of argued about it ahead of time. And I was like, well, no, it's good that they don't have government regulation. She's like, yeah, but if they do, that keeps everybody safe. And it was just, it was funny to have that just in, in, you know, the two of us having that little argument. Uh, We did not last by the way, but anyway, (laughs) that's beside the point. Cap did nothing wrong. (laughs) I, uh, it's funny because I think one of the big differences between the book and the movie, like I said, it's like apples and oranges comparing. But I think what the movie does a whole hell of a lot better is that neither Tony or or Steve, they don't come across like like jerks. I think in the book, they're both just giant assholes the entire time. Like I, oh. I, I you know, rereading yeah, it, I was yeah, like, I, I think they're both big assholes in this book. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't feel like into that now, but there, there's some specific stuff in there where I was like, really? This is Cap? What is he? Why? What's yeah, yeah. No, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Like when he beats the crap out of the Punisher, 
I yeah. was like, what is your deal, bro? What's yeah. going on? It, you know, the Punisher is just being the Punisher in that sense, right? Like, yeah, and he knows who the Punisher is. It's not like there's a, a new guy who just walked in the room. Like, right. You know his MO. Mm-hmm. You know who you're laying in bed with here. What, what's going on? I, I'm, nuts on him. I'm glad that they didn't have that in the movie, that there wasn't the, the wild cards or whatever. And yeah. the only person in the movie that really, you know, quote unquote, flip flops is, uh, is Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, everybody else is pretty, you know, I, I guess you could make an argument for Vision, but um, but it was sort of just because Vision's becoming more human, yada yada. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it to me, I just I thought I think of the movie, and you know, when I think of the book, it and it's partially the writer, like Mark Miller, is just he's he's hit or miss for me because mm-hmm. he can be so just he i mean he loves to go over the top with stuff like if you you know like his uh, ultimates run the first volume of that which i i was just like i'm kind of grossed out reading some of this you know and he likes these rude personalities yeah like he doesn't do nice people very well (laughs) right um i think you know some of his stuff i think his creator stone's stoned jeez excuse me <laughs> creator own stuff he might be stone writing who knows um Maybe. <laughs> uh, but his creator own stuff i really like uh because he gets to just it's his world he gets to play with it and do whatever he wants with it so if he goes over the board nutso with it it's it's like okay well that exists in his world and that's fine yeah. but when it's you know tony stark creating you know a, a thor clone you know that's gonna like kill the the secret avengers that you know cap has it's it's just like i i don't know how that that might be just a little too far for everybody but then again i think it's also sort of the point isn't it it's like it's supposed to make us feel uncomfortable this was a story that was supposed to you know in a weird way divide the fans if that makes any sense no i agree with that but for me the problem with the comic well i i enjoy the comic the problem with it Mm -hmm. was that I didn't really want to root for Tony or Cap because yeah. they were, like you said, they were both jerks. Yeah. I mean, when when uh, Robot Thor takes out Goliath, like there's no emotion from Tony. Yeah. And that was kind of surprising to me. And then Cap is on the other end, you know, brooding and just being kind of vicious and like, which one of you is right here? Which one is wrong? Right. It's, and I think that they, the ideals that they had and the arguments that the supporting characters are having is good. And yeah. I think that the best example of it throughout it, it, it the two best examples is uh, Spider-Man and Sue Storm, because mm-hmm. they they both see the error of the other one's ways and are like, we can't be doing it this way. And I think, and the other part of the problem with a, an event book like this is that I, you know, rereading it, I was like, well, I feel like I need to reread the the Spider-Man part that goes with it mm-hmm. uh, that J. Michael Straczynski was writing back in the day, uh, because when Spider-Man flips, it it works in the story, but it's sort of a you know round peg in a square hole kind of a thing where it's fleshed out more in the Spider-Man book, um, and it's just by the nature of these big events, you know, when they have like a thousand fucking tie-ins, and it's just oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Marvel tends to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I when I first read secret invasion, it wasn't until years later, I caught up on the rest of the story and the backstory of the scrolls and what the Avengers were doing during that. 
you know, in between the panels, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, man, like there's just so much in this. <laughs> um, and it's nice to have this like two hour, two and a half hour movie where that pairs it down just enough that we all we really had to do was watch a couple of movies ahead of time. You know, like the Cap, Cap Winter Soldier and Avengers Age of Ultron for the most part. You actually could have went to a blind. Like if you didn't see those, like if you, I think only watched maybe Avengers one and two, you would have still been good. Yeah. Because I, I think it introduces in a way with that recap from Ross. Yeah. That, you know, you, you get all the points that you need. Yeah. I think. I, no, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and I like that it, it, there's enough of a, you know, a history with the characters that you kind of get it in that opening scene in Lagos where it's like, it's like, okay, like they've been doing this a while. They're a team. They're, you know, it's cool. Um, and it's just, and it's interesting that they had this, this cool little setup there where we could get into it and get right into the action, you know, and that's the benefit of it being like the third cat movie plus like the, you know, what, second and a half <laughs> Avengers movie, so to speak. Yeah, 2.5. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get to, but, you know, when like William Hurt shows up, those of us that have been following all the movies go, oh, that's so cool. They brought William Hurt back. Mm -hmm. You know, an average viewer that hasn't seen Incredible Hulk will just go, oh, cool. William Hurt's in this movie. Or who's that? Right. But either way, like, you get who he well, is. Who's that? <laughs> right. You get who he is immediately. Where's Nick Fury? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, it was another thing I thought about that Nick Fury isn't much in. The, it's funny that he's not much in the Civil War book. I think he's in a little bit of it as like kind of on the, in the shadows. Uh, Cause I think this was after secret war where he led, like, I think it was cap Spider-Man and Wolverine into like Latveria to fight Dr. Doom or something like that. Um, if I remember correctly, I read that years and years ago. Um, but uh, so he's kind of on the run and in hiding. So Maria Hill's the, uh, the leader of shield at this point right. in the comic. And and again, that was a characterization that when I was reading the, the comic, I was like, I don't think I, I don't like the way she's portrayed here because I'm hearing Colby Smulders in my head. Like she would have 100 percent been on Steve's side. Yes. Yeah. So no doubt about that. one. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's just strange to me that she would turn on Fury and maybe like there's more history in the books that I'm not remembering at this time. But like it's like I don't think Maria would have turned on Fury. She wouldn't have turned on cap like that she would have been on their side mm -hmm. and so, and they could have had some other you know government who what's it take her place and be the face of the superhero registration act you know yeah the thing with Maria Hill in the, in the comic I, I have to agree but that also goes back to the way it's written he yeah. just doesn't the writer does not do nice very well and he True. makes everybody a jerk yeah. except except Spider-Man and Sue Storm I think they're the only two characters in there who are like, oh, I could see they're not terrible humans right now. There, and, there, yeah. There's oh, a, sorry, there's a, no, I was going to say, there's a lot of emotion there where Spider-Man, as the story goes on, he he regrets the decisions he's mm -hmm. made. And Sue Storm as well, she regrets the decisions that she's made. Whereas throughout the, the book, the other characters, they don't. Not until the end, where S Steve is finally like, okay, this has gone on too far. I got to stop. Mm -hmm. Um because he's the only one that really does that. And, you know, and then, of course, in the next Captain America story, he gets killed. 
<laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately which I, does. I forgot that was the follow up to that. I was just because I was reading through it. I was just, oh, yeah, he died after this, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. One of the weirdest deaths in Marvel, if you ask me. It it really was. Uh, I Although I did like Bucky as Cap. That's when I started getting back into like comics again. Oh, yeah. Um, so I thought he was a good Cap. But, um, yeah, because they did the they did the same thing with Bruce Wayne at the time, didn't they? You know, it's like, oh, he's traveling through time and, you know, he's got to get back to his Ooh. human body or something was like that. Was that the same time? It was close to the same time uh, because I think it was two years later with Batman R.I.P. Um, two or three years later. And that was a ridiculous story. Yeah. It, that it's, was a ridiculous story when you're traveling through time. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's all ridiculous. And like sort of what makes what, what I like about the, the movie um, is, you know, it's different from the comic, obviously. But with the movie, we get to have a, a kind of simpler, more pared down Avengers story that's mm-hmm. you know quote unquote more street level so you know we don't have an Ultron or a Kang or a Thanos in this movie and they don't even really call much attention to it other than you know uh, Tony specific Tony and Zemo specifically mentioned Sokovia um, and it, it's nice that we get to see like oh there, there's a there's the real you know like you said you know quote unquote realistic side to it right you know that Oh, they're not just always fighting these larger than life insane things. Like the fights can be still bombastic, but also much more personal, which makes which is a big strength of the movie, I think. I agree with that. I, I like that it was not a bombastic villain yeah. per se. It was something. I mean, really, t- depending how you look at it, Tony or Cap, they're the villain of the movie, right. depending which side you're on. Right. Zemo is just a tool mm-hmm. in to get things moving. Yeah, he, he's fantastic, but I mean, he's not exactly the main villain, I would say. No, he's he's really just this, uh, you know, kind of like the Joker in Dark Knight, right? Where he mm-hmm. just sort of weaves in and out and is just playing everybody. Yeah, uh, it's much different than Joker, obviously, the way Joker did things. Uh, but like Zemo, just he just tricks everybody. And, you know, from T'Challa to Bucky to Cap to Tony the whole time. And then, you know, when it comes to a head at the end of the movie, you're just, he's just, he's kind of satisfied. He, you know, he's like willing to die. It, yeah, it's like, it's, I'm oh done. I'll go die now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just literally, he's about to kill himself, but the child yeah. stops him. It's just so like, he did exactly what he wanted to do. And that's such a strange feeling when like, you know, th- this was the end of this part of the story where the villain won in the end. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know? see that. You, yeah. you really don't. It's rare. Ironically, I also think the Joker won the Dark Knight, but that's a different conversation. But you made the comparison. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I yeah. don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's an argument to be had there about that. Yeah. Um, not an argument with us, but I would, you yeah. know, maybe somebody else would say, no, no, no. But no, I, I agree. Um, whereas in the in the book, you know, there, there isn't, and not that the book needed it, but there, there is no, like, uh, you know villain playing no. with the heroes at all uh in the uh the the secret wars version that they did years and years later there, there is uh which i thought was a cool twist in that story but um that's a whole other conversation but um in the book it's it's just you know iron man versus captain america and their teams and i think that they had a uh and that's really all that needed to be um just the 
just those two going against each other because you end up seeing at the end of it, like the real cost of it was that they're just, they're causing so much pain and destruction. They're no better than what was going on at the beginning of the book with the, uh, the new warriors just chasing ratings and mm-hmm. trying to be the coolest reality show with the superheroes tech taking on super villains and blah, blah, blah. And, and also sadly, not an unrealistic thing, you know, mm-hmm. even not back no no like you know even back in 2006 when it was published it was just you can see people getting maybe not like a whole town being blown up but like people getting hurt because somebody's chasing ratings somebody's Mm -hmm. just trying to make a buck and you know it's it's stuff we see in the news all the time so it was a so it's a good enough catalyst for the book to launch off of because then we all as the audience get to go yeah i buy that you know, even if it's a super superhero or super villain bomb man that you know explodes yeah. <laughs> everywhere, we Whatever can all, it is, it is. <laughs> right. We can all sit there and go, yeah, yeah. There's there's some truth to that, isn't there? And then who are the ones that have to pay for it? It's like, well, it's the Avengers, you know. And and I think what the book did smartly was it kept it kept the X Men out of it for the most part. Um, it kept. Um, Wakanda out of it, you know, for the most part. Um, I think that was smart to just kind of focus on the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, these characters that have been in the public eye for, you know, however many years it is in their their comic book world and our world, like 60 years at that point, um, so that they have... So Okay, so here are the two, like, most public characters, two most public teams that have to uh, reconcile with, do we continue being public or you know are we now gonna quote unquote be the bad guys you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah but i i would have preferred a buffer in the comics because i think going back to the movie zemo plays an important role in causing the conflict mm-hmm. and i feel like in the comics or in the comic version of it there should have been a zemo like character or just somebody to be in the middle and say hey this is what's happening or, you know, just something else to, to push things forward. Because at the end of the day, when Cap has got the tears in his eyes and he's looking at the destruction, he's the only one. Yeah. Like, I, I believe it's Spider-Man who has the line, hey, we were winning. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> and and I, I think that if they had a buffer or like a common threat that they had to come together for or, or to realize, hey, we're being manipulated here, that might have made it a little bit better for me. Mm. but that, that's just me on that one no i i totally see where you're coming from with that because it it, it does because i noticed that too that like when goliath dies you know they they just kind of make a comment about like oh he didn't shrink and tony's like oh i paid for everything and right. it's just it's just sort of cold like very you know almost like a norman osborne thing to do it's like oh i did this you know i'm a hero kind of a thing and it's like yeah but you know you also are the cause of his death and you are like, oh, he's one of my oldest friends. It's like, but we didn't have any panels of Tony going, what have I done? You know, no. that, that kind of came afterwards with like the, the Secret Avengers and the Mighty Avengers comics. There, were, there was a little bit more follow up on that. And that was, that was Bendis writing those. And I think he's better at writing that stuff than Mark Miller is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Bendis. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it just is sort of like, but then in the movie, you, you see, you know, Tony and, and, and Cap, you see them struggle with what they're doing and if they're doing the right thing. And 
and I I love the scene in the conference room between Tony and and Steve where they're just like okay like here's what we're gonna do and um and and Steve's like oh okay you know what what you're saying makes sense mm-hmm. I have some provisions he's like okay yeah let's talk it out and then when he brings up the fact that he has Wanda kind of trapped on the Avengers complex then then Steve's like I can't do this and and Tony like flips out, screams at him, and it's just like, what what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, like he says, give me a break. Um, it's just it's such a great scene because you see them both all get that close, that close to to fixing it. And 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 they just both realize, nope, we're on the other ends of this. I can't I can't. And and I and in that scene, there wasn't I for not for a second did I go, Cap's right, Steve's or or Tony's right. I, I sat there going, man, they're both they're both making good points. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where the strength of the movie really lies, I think. I, I agree with you completely because the comic doesn't have a moment like that. There's no. no talking with those two in the comic. It's just, oh, I don't I don't agree. We're gonna beat the shit out of each other now. Right. <laughs> we're in the movie, and, and this is the funny thing to me. In the comic, like you said, we had like 60 years of them already. So they have a built-in history. You yeah. don't feel it in the comic. In the movie, we had a year history with them. Not even because Avengers didn't premiere till 2012, which is the first time Stark and Rogers meet. Right. So we're right. talking about a four-year thing here. Mm-hmm. You feel their friendship and that closeness in the movie. Yeah. And the movie utilizes that to perfection. Like at the end, when he when it says he's my friend, well, I was your friend. Like, dude, yeah. the feels. I believe is the term the kids use. <laughs> Uh, they do. Uh, I have a coworker that says that to me all the time. I'll just yeah. walk in and go, "Ugh!" and she'll go, "Feels." Hashtag <laughs> yeah. um, <Hashtag> feels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that and it's. I remember. It's it's funny where like I think that the, for the most part, I think Marvel is really great at trailers, where they don't really give much away in the trailers, um, most of the time. Yeah, most um, of the time. I think it depends on the movie. But most of the time. But I felt with Captain America Civil War, they, they had that line in the trailer, but and it was a, a good like inciting incident for the trailer for us as fans to go, oh, that's so cool. They're fighting. But like yeah. when it happens in the movie, when we're watching everything that's built up to that, then we're like, oh, my God. Oh, no. You know, it, can we just be friends again? Yes. It, it hits completely different in the movie versus the trailer. Um, and I think that that's. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of the power of the movie itself, where I it's 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 tough for me to uh, I go back and forth, depending on the, my mood or my day. If I prefer Winter Soldier over Civil War in terms of the Cap movies, um, because it's hard for me to think of Cap or Civil War as just a Cap movie. It does tie in from First Avenger to Winter Soldier very well. But it's also there's a little bit of Iron Man 4 in it. There's a little bit of Avengers 2.5 in it. Um, there's a lot of movie going on, but I also never feel overwhelmed by the movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it's really well paced that way. To, to me, though, I do see it as a cat movie because first and foremost, it really is about him mm-hmm. and his relationship with Bucky and trying to preserve that. And, you know, I, I, I consider it a cat movie, but yeah, it is also <laughs> Avengers 2.5. Yeah. And in, in some to some degree. But I think the focus being on Cap primarily was the better choice for the movie. Not just because it's Cap 3, yeah. but I, I think because 
generally, I, I believe he's easier to sympathize with than Stark. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Stark is not as easy to do that with, I think. Even though oh, he gets some gut punches in this movie, plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah. You, when, you know, like when you think that he and Pepper are split up and he's kind of on his own and, you know, he's. You know, and especially that that first scene he's in, we actually don't even see, you know, I'm off my own tangent here for a second. Uh, we don't even see Iron Man in the movie for quite a while. Um, yeah. And I think that that's that's a testament to the movie itself. Um, whereas, you know, Tony's a big part of it. And I think that that first scene where he meets uh, Miriam Sharp, who's from the comic and does kind of the same thing, except I think it's almost better in the it is better in the movie than it is in the comic because she meets him kind of privately and she's just like, you know, who's going to avenge my son Stark? Whereas in the comic, you know, she spits at his face and she slaps him and, you know, and it's, it's a whole big thing where he's like, I, I know you're upset, but I, it's okay. You know, and, and they're buddies afterward. Yeah. They're, they're like best friends. She's on like the talk show circuit. You know, I think it it's just, when I was rereading it, I was like, it's so much better in the movie that she's only in that one scene. That's, that's all we needed. Yeah. The impact that actress made was fantastic in that scene. Yeah. Uh, Alfrey Woodard, if I'm saying her name correctly, I'm probably not because I'm terrible at that, but <laughs> that's why I didn't say it. No <laughs> that's my show. I'll take the blame. <laughs> okay, cool. But, but, uh, but yeah, no, she, uh, she just nails it in that. It's just, you know, it's, it's a pretty quick scene. It's like, you know, two or three minutes or something, mm-hmm. but, it it informs Tony's arc throughout the rest of the film. And it's so interesting where, um, you know, if this Sokovia Accords thing had been introduced maybe four or five years ago, you know, Tony would have been the other side. He would have been like, no, 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 we don't need regulation. And Steve would have been like, oh, yeah, we do. Because um, Steve was very much, until he joined the Avengers, mm-hmm. until he saw all the muck with S.H.I.E.L.D., he was very much, you know, taking orders and happy to play the soldier. Um, whereas Tony was more aloof. Um, so I think it's interesting that if you watch the movie, having seen all the Iron Man movies, having seen the Avengers movies, having seen the cat movies, you can see their arcs and go, Oh yeah, I see why, why both of them are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a clear thread there, a clear yeah. plot thread that you can follow for both characters. Yeah. Um, and it's, and you know, and, and to say that like the the movie I think is just I mean, first and foremost, like like most of the Marvel movies, it's a lot of fun to watch, you know. <laughs> there's something there's something about like the heroes fighting each other, you know. How many times have we as kids growing up were like, oh, who'd win in a fight? Like w- would Batman or Captain America win in a fight? You know, like what if what if Iron Man took on the Hulk or you know, whatever? There's you know, countless arguments that people can make and, you know, about who would, who would beat who, right? <laughs> yeah. And people get down to sci- like scientific facts for, for those things. Yeah. Like they'll pull out all kinds of weird things. Like, well, did you see in this issue, he did this and this and the other guy did that. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember, um, have you ever seen it? It was an, it was an animated movie from like the late to like mid two thousands ultimate Avengers that was based on the ultimate comics where Cap had to fight Hulk, and it happened in the Ultimates comic too. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember that movie vaguely, but I, I did watch it. Yeah. I, I remember it not being very good, <laughs> but no. 
but yeah, like I, I did like that they, that Cap could, could fight Hulk and hold his own. I thought that was cool. Um, so when he fights him in Infinity War, I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Cap, I think, can handle most characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm um, biased. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, well, um, so the this movie, on top of having all these characters in it, and they do a really good juggling act with them. Um, one thing that I think that they do get uh, really, really right in the movie is is uh, is Bucky and his arc throughout it. That I think that having that post-credit tag with Winter Soldier, where he's in the museum and he's starting to piece things together, um, and Garrett and I joked about the comic books where like he he remembered everything because Cap showed him the the cosmic cube and it like made him remember everything <laughs> it's like Look. like what the it's like what the hell is this you know whereas like uh, but i like that in the movie it's it's so it's two years later he's on the run he's trying to piece things together and i think that they did a good job of having him just want to be on his own want to figure things out and steve be like hey like you gotta like they think you're the bad guy i know you're not help me out here so I think that he had a really good arc in the movie. And I think that it gets overlooked with all the other superhero stuff in it. It kind of does, because Bucky is kind of the point of the movie in a way. Yeah. You know, he, he's a very important part of it. And his role, I, I don't, I, I'm glad that he's there, mm-hmm. I think, because without him, I don't think the movie could have worked out the same. Like if it was just about the Sovo, uh, Sokovia Accords, I don't think it would have worked the same. Bucky being a, like a catalyst in a way, helps out a lot mm-hmm. and it also fleshes out the character because in winter soldier he's really just a villain yeah even though he's brainwashed he's the villain of the movie right and in this one we see kind of the shades of why he is the way he is and we see that fixed and i gotta be honest when he does that when he's when like um i think cap asked him which book am i talking to it says uh, your mother's name and all that. I was like, yes, yeah. the boys are back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I love that. I No, I, I totally agree because you, you know, it, and, you, and you're right that he's he's the one that kind of inadvertently at least puts everything in motion because mm-hmm. the movie opens with the murder of Stark's parents. We don't know it's them um, at, at the start of the movie. We find mm-hmm. that out later. Uh, it is hints in the Winter Soldier, though. Right, right. Um, and I like that we got to see that scene a little bit um, in this film. And then, and I think they did a really, really good bait and switch with us as the fans where they made a big point to say, he's like, I'm not the only Winter Soldier. So that's what he stole from 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 Howard Stark was the super soldier serum. You see the other Winter Soldiers being trained. So it's like, Oh man, we're gonna have this whole big battle with five other Winter Soldiers, mm-hmm. and then the movie just goes, nope, no, it's just Zemo just screwing with everybody, and he's, <laughs> and he's, you know, he just wants Iron Man and Cap to kill each other. It, I think that was an absolute genius move on the filmmakers' part because it really made us as the audience go. Because first and foremost, it's it's what Cap and the other Avengers are like. We got we got to go to the you know this this you know place in the Arctic or whatever it was. You know, we got to go find these these other soldiers. We got to stop them like right now, and and then having that, that's like that's what starts that fight. And then when they get there, it's like okay, let's let's have a piece here. There's no fight here, and then it turns into a fight because oh yeah, by the way, Bucky, you killed Tony's parents. It's just uh, 
You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, it, there's so much happening in it that we as the audience just get caught up in it going, oh my God, like I thought the movie was going this way. It's going this way. It's, there's so many like little twists in it that really just sell it and I drive home why the conflict between Cap and Iron Man works. And again, a big part of that is Bucky. Mm -hmm. And another facet to that is if you've read, I, I know you have, but anyone listening, if they've read the uh, the Winter Soldier book, mm -hmm. you know that we see some of these other Winter Soldiers. Yeah. And so we didn't get them in the Winter Soldier movie. So going into stuff, you know, when I hear that in the movie, I'm like, oh, are they going to make up for not having them in the other one? Are we going to have like a big, you know, like a slaughter here? What's going what's right. going to go on? And then it's like, oh, no, they're just going to reinforce the heart of this movie. Yeah. And I prefer that so much more than the whatever we would have got with the the super soldier group. I I hundred percent agree. It it sold the movie so much more. And and why I say I have a hard time picking my favorite cat movie between this and uh, well, all three of them really because I love the first cat movie. Yeah. Um, because it's you know it, there's so much more to it than just this you know dumb action movie or oh it's just a comic book movie. It's like no, there's there's some real stuff in this and. And uh, what I love about it is that Robert Downey Jr. And, I, and I've said this in other shows and my show a bunch of times, like he got paid a stupid amount of money for all these movies, like more money than he could ever do, do with. But I guess he ended up producing Sweet Tooth. So that's cool. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, that. <laughs> right. But uh, but at the same time, he never, ever phoned it in. I never felt like he was in the movie for the paycheck. Uh, like he was he's in the movie and the movie is better off for it even his post credit appearance his post credit scene appearance in the incredible hulk is not phoned in yeah yeah and that is a 30 second scene with him if that right yeah it, i i remember seeing that for the first time and just going oh, they're doing the avengers you know it's like oh it's all come together and and again that was another one where they sort of did a little bit of a bait and switch where we were all kind of thinking oh the hulk is going to be the villain mm -hmm. in the uh in the avengers movie and then, and you know there's some you're not necessarily the villain in that, but some brutishness in that. Uh, I'm glad they didn't go that route because I think that would have been the obvious choice and that would have been a far less interesting movie. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that. But the, the, just to touch on that, the funny thing about Incredible Hulk is, I don't know if you remember that post credit scene was actually in the trailers for it. So all oh. my friends saw that and said, oh, we got to see the Hulk Tony Stark's in. I'm like, I was going to see it anyway. Let's go. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was not in it, the disappointment that was with them was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, no, no, no. It's, it's funny that you said because I, I remember that. I think that was that because I think they started doing that after Iron Man came out. It was so successful that they started putting that yeah. scene, uh, which is just a smart business move. Um, it was, but uh, you know. But at the same time, it's like I watching this movie. Like you said, it, it's it's Cap's movie. I don't feel like it's. I don't feel like. Robert Downey Jr. overshadows the movie. Like, you know, he doesn't, I, I'm not sitting there going, oh, like he's, he's, a, he, the word I'm looking for, okay, scene stealer, right? Okay, so yeah. he's not just hamming it up. He's not just like, oh, I'm in the movie now, you know? His arc in this movie is so different than it has been in the other movies that he got to play a much more supporting part, still be Tony Stark, still be recognizable in that part, but not, steal the movie away from steve and bucky um 
and even you know and even like the big the big news about the movie was that spider-man's going to be in the movie like that's a small enough part of the movie that i i don't want to say it gets forgotten but it can be can be overlooked because everything else that's going on in it um which is a good thing because it's like the the actual civil war conflict is what the movie's about that's the most interesting part of the movie that should be what sells the movie uh, not the fact that it's Tony Stark, not that Spider-Man's in it, not that Black Panther's in it, but that they're all in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that speaks to the talent of the Russo brothers, though, too, because, you know, they cut their teeth on Community, which yeah. everybody knows. And that's an ensemble show. I, I don't know if you've ever watched Community. Oh, yeah. I love Community. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, you, you're familiar with it. Everybody gets their own time to shine in that series. Episode after episode, it's never just, oh, this is the Joel McHale show. This yeah. is the Allison Bree show, but hey, it's the Danny Pudi episode. It, that's not the way it works, right? Yeah. Uh, another another one they did that that's a good example of that is uh, Arrested Development. Um, mm-hmm. That they, they they weren't like as big as they were in Community, but um, you know they had some part of that. And that and that show again, very much an ensemble where it's like the show technically opens and is a little bit about Michael Bluth, but it's about the whole family, you know? Right. Um, and I you know I oh, love that show so much. Um, <laughs> last couple seasons okay but seasons two and three that's where it's at but um but you know but that's a good point like you said they they knew how to balance all these characters and even though like this is cap's movie and we feel you know cap driving the story bucky driving the story um every other character that's in it none of them feel superfluous i don't ever think like wait, why did they have vision in this movie? Like, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. You know, what? wait, why is War Machine in this movie? Never felt that way at all. I'm always, so when those characters are in it, they're in it for a reason. And and not just that, I think like Spider-Man, especially, you know, that's a character I think everybody wanted to see. Like, yeah. all the fans, Spider-Man's in the MCU, let's go nuts about it. Yeah. And I remember in this, when, I, when I went to go see it the first time, when the Queen's text came on screen, the theater went ballistic. Yeah, yeah. But, he's not in it for very long mm-hmm. when his part is done you're not like man i want more spider-man you're like no i want to see this movie keep going yeah you know there's no lingering i need more of this character i want more of this character you get enough of everybody that you want to see and you just want more of the story i i think that they you know and it's it's a whole other conversation what they've done with spider-man in the mcu since yeah but i I don't know. I never really minded it too much because I felt that Tom Holland just right out of the gate just nailed the character. And so it, it didn't bother me that his suit came from Stark. It didn't really bother me that uh, we didn't get more of him in this movie and that he's still, you know, like, because I think that the way his character arc went after the movie is, I mean, it has a whole other thing, but, um, but I never felt like, Oh, this this isn't Spider-Man to me. Like it always felt like Spider-Man, and you know one of my favorite bits in the movie is when he says that to him. You know when he webs Tony to the doorknob, he says, "Don't tell Aunt May," and he's like, "He's like, okay, Spider-Man." And there's a pause, and he's like, "Cut me out of this." <laughs> it's just like that. That was just a perfect ex- exchange there. Um, you know, a little weird that Marissa Tomei that there's such a young Aunt May, but whatever. You know, I like Marissa Tomei, so that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I do too, and I don't mind because Peter is what, like fifteen or fourteen or fifteen in this movie, anyway. Yeah, so uh, it, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Aunt May would not be sixty plus, I guess. Yeah, uh, 
I mean, it's, you know, I, I saw one meme that made me laugh that was like, I love that in all the Spider-Man movies, <laughs> Aunt May is just Benjamin buttoning through them and they showed, yeah. you know, uh, Rose, I forget her name now, uh, Rosemary Harris, I think. And then, yeah, and then S Sally Field and then Marissa Tomei. It's just like, yeah, you know, so who knows what she's going to be the next time they reboot it, but. <laughs> A 30-year-old probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, Spider-Man's characterization, I think, in this is, is really good, like you said. I think this is a perfect depiction of the character. Now, yeah. again, what happens in this movie, that's up for debate, I believe. Sure. Um, but this I, one, I think they nailed it. I, I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, you're talking about like another, like having the comic didn't have a buffer like Zemo. I think another buffer in the movie is uh, T'Challa, mm -hmm. is Black Panther. Him playing such a central yes. role, like his father is murdered. And then, so he has a mission throughout the movie. And he's the quote-unquote other flip-flopper i don't even know if that'd be the right term um my camera was like i just looked at us like i'm like i don't know what you'd call him i'm like leaning down um but um you know <laughs> i don't know what you would call t'challa in this i, I mean it's i don't know yeah maybe buffer is not the right word but you but you know what i mean that he has another yeah. he has something at stake that isn't the the sokovia accords it isn't trying to find the other super soldiers it's you know the other winter soldiers it's just he just wants revenge like his father was murdered um and me personally i really prefer that his helmet comes off the way it does in this movie rather than in the other movies when it's just like the nanotech because mm -hmm. i guess i'm so fucking sick of the nanotech helmets and all <laughs> the other avengers movies you know like captain marvel has it iron man has it spider-man has it he has it they all had it when they had the time travel suits i was just like mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucking sick of these things. Like, you know who doesn't have it is War Machine. <laughs> he doesn't have it. <laughs> Does not. Uh, he, gets, he gets the low grade, you know, Iron Man, the hand me down Iron Man tech. <laughs> I, I don't think he'd want it. I, I think he likes doing his own thing. I think that's true. Yeah, that probably, that's probably right. But, but yeah, it's, you know, I, but I think that he has such a great arc in the film that it's, it's immediately personal because right at the beginning, he's like, oh, you're the king. I don't want to be king. I'm good, you know. And then, of course, like all great uh, heroes, he gets his calling and has to take up the mantle and blah, 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 go from there. Um, so I think it's just. Uh, so, so I think that he also had a really great introduction where, again, I don't it, it doesn't feel forced to me. It doesn't feel like, oh, well, they put him in here because they had to because he's got a movie coming out. Mm -hmm. It felt like, oh, no, no, no. He exists in this movie. And for a reason, you know, like we were saying before. You know, it's kind of funny. I, um, before Civil War, I didn't know much about T'Challa at all. Mm -hmm. I knew the character Black Panther, but I just knew the name and the costume. Mm -hmm. That That's really it. After I saw Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, he immediately became one of my favorite Marvel characters. Oh, yeah. Yep. I love Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, especially in this movie, this first appearance of him. Mm -hmm. It just made such an impact for me. I love it. And okay. I, you know, I might even call him the wild card character. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he might, to me, I think he fills that, that void because you don't really know what he's going to do because yeah. we're not familiar with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same thing like with the Punisher. We didn't know he was going to start shooting the villains. Right. You thought maybe he's changed his ways. Who knows? Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, T'Challa comes in ready to murder, which yeah. I'm not saying he was wrong, but he was ready to go. Oh, yeah. 
claws um, out. Oh yeah, I think uh, you know that, and that's and that was the thing about his character that I think you know introducing him the way they did, and he had some diplomatic immunity, so he mm-hmm. could kind of you know get away with being a superhero, whereas like Steve and uh, uh, Falcon couldn't, right? Um, Sam, I couldn't remember his name for a second, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know it. it so it's Mr. like he, yeah, yeah, Mr. Wilson, yeah. <laughs> um, Dennis the Menace. Anyway, <laughs> there's a whole other meaning to that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it, I think it, it, it's great having that character where he gets to play a really important part of the movie. But again, he doesn't steal the show. You know, he doesn't take focus away from what's happening. He just adds to it because I think without mm-hmm. that, w- without you know his father being murdered, Chaka being murdered at the beginning of the movie, you know, or at the World Summit thing. He, you know he has no stake in the movie so it's like oh so he's so he sees what happens he you know he tries to stop it and can't which is tragic enough and then and then it's like he thinks it's he thinks it's bucky so he's gonna go after bucky and cap's gonna try and stop him i mean that whole chase that they have on the freeway and everything okay. is a really incredible scene i mean the russos really had a, a knack for these really dynamic action scenes um and and it's it's really and again going back to what we're saying about like you know tony and cap to begin with i I, you know i don't think any of us is rooting against anybody in this movie so it's like i don't i don't want bucky to get killed but i also kind of don't want cap to stop t'challa you know (laughs) like you know at the end it's very difficult because at the end of the movie tony knows that bucky killed his parents are like well i don't I don't really blame him if he wants to take Bucky's head off. Yeah. But then like I don't blame Cap for wanting to help his buddy and yeah, he was brainwashed, but it's it's a really gray area and as an audience you're in it yep. because you you're invested. All these characters and and then like the Charlie, you see him back off. Yeah. Like he realizes, "Oh, I'm after the wrong guy here. I need to kill that lunatic in the blast chamber." Right. Yeah. And I think you know, and it, uh, there's good follow-up in it with uh, Infinity War, um, mm-hmm. when, you know, when you know when Cap, you know, the Cap and Sam and Natasha go to uh, Wakanda for Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you know that relationship, even though it's only been in one movie because they weren't in the Black Panther movie, um, it 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 still feels earned. You know, the the, the writing and the acting performances sell sell it so well that. I'm like, I, I feel like these characters have been around forever, even if they've only been around a couple of movies. Yeah, I love that too. The camaraderie between them on, I guess it's the chemistry between the actors. I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. it works. Like like you said, you feel like these have, they've, they've been together for years and years. They've been teams and, and whatnot. And even the post credit scene for Civil War with, um, you know, Steve and, and T'Challa talking, looking at the, um, the big Panther statue for yeah, Formation yeah. Rock thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a cool scene, and it furthers that that friendship that they've just built. Yeah. And the best part about it is, they were he was at their throats, you know, like a day before that. Right. I've care of my ways. I'm not gonna let vengeance consume me anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. just a beautiful thing with Black Panther. I love him in that movie. <laughs> I I think, uh, I yeah I I think it was a great introduction for the character, and I was the same as you. I I didn't know much about him. I'd seen him in like the Avengers cartoons and stuff. Read some comics with him in mm-hmm. it. 
I didn't have I didn't have much invested in him, but I also wasn't opposed to seeing him in the movies, right. you know. Uh, so that made me excited. So this made me excited for the Black Panther movie. I was like, oh, now I really want to see this movie, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I, and I love that movie, um, but uh, it, and I think that sometimes it it takes that it takes a it takes a great actor just to like because it's funny when I was rereading the Civil War comics. Um, it's like, you know, when I read Batman, I hear Kevin Conroy, the Joker is Mark Hamill, right? Like Black Panther, that's that's Chadwick Boseman. Like I can oh, yeah. I can hear him. And and that says and that says a lot about these these actors and their performances that we're just like, yeah, this is like this is happening. Like this is they're they're becoming embedded in our brains. That's why like Marvel was willing to shell out all this cash to to Robert Downey Jr. and be like, look, man, like we there's no other Tony Stark. You got to do this. <laughs> you are Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that, you know, the, so the big draw to the movie, I think, is, is definitely the uh, the airport fight, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're, um, you know, they're, you know, uh, you know, it's that's that's the thing that we all came to see in a sense. And I think what made that movie, what made that fight really work was that I don't feel like there's any... Like there's no like, wait a minute, they weren't there a second ago. Wait, wait, how did they get over there? You know what I mean? Like it's it's all staged. Like legal continuity. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's all it's all staged very, very well. Uh so even like rewatching it, I, I don't sit there and go, wait a minute, that doesn't quite add up. You know what I mean? Like I do think that sometimes when I watch Endgame. <laughs> but then again, there's also like a million characters in that. <laughs> Final yeah, there's battle. chaos in me. Yeah. It's hard to pick anybody out and know where they're at. Right. And that's so that's fine. That can get away with it. Whereas this one, when it's just like 12 characters, I I feel like there's a good enough, you know, sense of where everybody is and and what they're doing. And I like that there's there's the moment where, you know, Sam and Hawkeye are kind of in agreement, like, you know, this isn't the real fight you know some of us have to lose in order for us the rest of us for like you to get away Mm -hmm. which is not what happened in the book (laughs) like Mm -hmm. in the book they're like we all gotta get out of here you know (laughs) someone's gotta die (laughs) right it's either somebody dies or we all leave and it's like it's like oh come on like you know i i felt like that was a smarter move again on on the movie's part because again at this point we still think that they're gonna go fight five super soldiers (laughs) so you know and and one of the but but again, going back to the big fight, the I think one of the best parts of it is having Paul Rudd there, like that made that fight scene <laughs> and see not just seeing Giant Man, which was awesome, but just oh, yeah, yeah. having Paul Rudd and his banter, and he's probably got he probably did like three days work on this movie <laughs> and made more money than you or I will ever see in our lifetimes. Oh, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but just so. Like, you know, like his first scene where he's like, ah, he's like, hey, Captain America, thanks for thinking of me. You know, he, looks, he looks at he looks at Wanda and he's like, hey, I know you, you know, like, I know you too. <laughs> and uh, and then when he he's like, Cap, you know, he's like, throw it at this. And then like, you know, the truck explodes. He's like, oh, I thought it was a water truck. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Ant-Man movie, but mm-hmm. but Paul Rudd just, you know, he, he made that movie for me and just, you know, just like he helped elevate that scene for me you know it's like having like the the witty banter in it which i was nervous that the movie wouldn't have it's like not that that's like a a requirement but it's like it sort of helps like alleviate the the stress of these fights is having some of those one-liners you know what i mean 
Yeah, and and I think I, I agree with you on the Paul Rudd thing. I love Paul Rudd anyway, and I actually love both Ant Man movies, which I know is a rare thing. <laughs> and and this is even rarer. I kind of think I prefer Ant Man one over Iron Man, but I don't want to get oh. crucified today. Um, <laughs> as far as the the actual airport fight goes, I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. I like it, but I don't love it. I feel like parts of it look really cheap for some mm. reason. And I don't know why that is, but it just doesn't look on par with the rest of the movie. And I, I actually don't like the one-liners when they're fighting each other. Like, I get some of the characters should be chatty. Like, Spider-Man, of course. Ant-Man. Cool. But then when you have, like, Clint and Natasha fighting, and you have that, we're still friends, right? It's like... that That is cheesy. I'll give you that. <laughs> right. We didn't need that. And, yeah. like, the big running thing, uh, it, it always reminds me of the X-Men animated series opening, which I love. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I always think of that, but it's like, it doesn't work in this context. You guys are in an empty airport. Why are we Why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's, a, that's a good point. Well, I would also add Tony to the one-liner type guy. Tony, too. And, and, and speaking of Tony, the CGI for him is god-awful in this scene. I rarely pick on CGI. I, I, yeah. I promise. But <laughs> it's bad here. I actually think that the CGI on Spider-Man is distracting. It it, oh, yeah? it 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 does it does bother me in in all three of those movies actually in in this okay. movie and then his two movies because I feel like there's because like a, his suit is enhanced with CGI which is mm-hmm. not uncommon for all the Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. like going back to the first Sam Raimi one yeah, yeah. but at, at the same time it's just like okay like this has been done practically why is it not still being done practically it's just bingo (laughs) yeah it it just it just gets me a little bit like with iron man i understand because like the suit does all this intricate shit or whatever but at a certain point like i'm a little bit like all right like you know let's like you you guys got a lot of money (laughs) to make these movies it's like oh sorry go ahead no 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 no, go ahead i was gonna say tom holland is the perfect size for spider-man put him in a real suit and just CGI the eyes. Like yeah. if you if you follow him on Instagram and stuff, you see he does a lot of the physical stuff himself. He's doing backflips and different things. Yeah. Let him do that. He's he's a trained dancer, I think. Uh like he like did oh, like B- Billy Elliot on in London. Yeah. Uh oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He's so he's trained, very well trained. And so that's I think that's part of the reason he got the job because he's leaping off of shit and <laughs> in the I've just seen that that lip sync show where he he does the Rihanna song. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. So OK, well, I guess he could dance here, but I don't know he was classically trained. No, yeah, yeah. He's classically trained. He's very good. Um, and because I saw a video of him, you know, visiting sick kids like a St. Jude mm-hmm. or something. And oh, yeah, yeah. and he was doing like backflips for them mm-hmm. as Spider-Man. It's like. Like man, like you know, Star Lord and Cap. You know, it's great that they're in costumes, seeing seeing kids, but they can't do that. You know, <laughs> no, he Chris Evans can't really throw the shield like that, but this guy <laughs> can do the backflip. So let him do it on screen. Yeah, it, it just I think, yeah. So it, but then again, that the, when they have, uh, but then like, ironically, I say all this, but that line I really like is Falcon. He's like, you know, I don't know how many, how many fights you've been in. And there's usually not this much talking. <laughs> I do like that. Like that's, that. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. And I so, but then again, it's like I, I like that we got to see we got to see everybody using their powers in cool ways. Like we got mm-hmm. that nod to the One Avengers cover with Hawkeye shooting Ant Man on the arrow. Yeah. You know, really cool. l- like so 
so interesting. And, and even like one of the covers of Civil War having, you know, Iron Man with the repulsor blasters and cap, sh- you know, shield. Yeah. It's just it's so exciting when we get to see stuff like that as fans, like the little Easter eggs and stuff. Cause we're just like, Oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even like the action, it's not part of the covers like Wanda with the cars, like dumping them on Tony Stark. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. Cause like my, my best friend, we were watching it. And when Clint's like, Oh, you know, I, I shot 18 holes. I made 18 holes. I got bored. He's like, there's no way he could have done that. I was like, he's Hawkeye. He could have done it. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, like he's just happy he Gilmore at all of them. <laughs> um, that's what he does. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, I am looking forward to his show, by the way. Um, because uh, I, I love uh, I love Kate Bishop. I think she's a great character. But um, but yeah, it's and I think it's great that this movie is just. I mean, it's you know it it feels like an Avengers movie in the sense that we get all these characters and we get these big moments with them, but the stakes are also quite small in comparison. Um, Even, even considering uh, winter soldier, when you think about it, because winter soldier, like those helicarriers, they were going to kill a lot of people. Whereas in this movie, it's just the Avengers. Like it's just between them. And it's those personal stakes that make the movie to me, why when people are like oh you like that over winter soldier i i say that sometimes like yeah because the stakes are just so much more personal so much more like it it, and it hits you so much more than like sokovia rising and it's going to turn into a meteor well Mm -hmm. that's scary you know it's going to kill a bunch of people but when it's two best friends just trying to kill each other just because they just can't reason with each other and it makes sense in the movie as much as i love batman v superman uh, it doesn't make as much sense. <laughs> um, uh, apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole other argument, uh, and I've had that argument with people. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, and I love Batman v Superman. Um, but this movie just it, as far as like the central conflict goes, and and again, it goes back to they had so much more time to build it up to get to this this moment where. It's like, man, like just, you know, just a couple hours ago, you guys were best friends and now mm-hmm. you hate each other. And, and I remember seeing something that was like at the end of the movie when it's, it's Steve that shows up to rescue the Avengers at, at the raft. Yeah. You know, it's not Captain America. That says a lot about those characters in that moment. And I, somebody said that, like one of the reviews I read when the movie came out and I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this movie had much bigger stakes so that when it came time for infinity war, I think we were all sort of going, well, how the hell is this movie going to go? You know, because we know the Avengers aren't together, you know, like it, you know, and then when Endgame was coming around, it's like, what well, are they going to make up by the time that comes around? You know? <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a lingering question at the time. And I, you know, the argument can be made if they were together during infinity war, would it have even happened? Yeah. And that goes back to Zemo being awesome. <laughs> yeah. And and I think what's, and again, what's great about this movie is that, you know, Zemo is obviously not in cahoots with Thanos, right? <laughs> so no, he's, just he, he's just, he, he's, and he, but he has legitimate reasons. His wife and kid were, were killed in Sokovia. Mm-hmm. So he has every right to hate the Avengers. Um, and I love that there is that real worldness to it that I think is in the book. And I think is a good aspect of the book having, 
people just start to be fed up with superheroes going, look at all this damage you cause and you get away with it all the time. Um, and I like that both the, the book and this movie have that aspect to it where it's like, oh yeah, like there's, there's actual stakes here. People's innocent people are in the cross crosshairs here. And, uh, and that, that makes it that much more riveting and makes it that much more interesting when, you know, when we have that, whose side are you on argument? Right. Like, yeah, I agree with that. It, it's such a, oh man, it's, it's a great movie. And the comic is a classic for a reason. Although it's, it's funny. Like I think in hindsight, you, you and I are looking at this going, well, the comic, you know, had some cool stuff in it, but you know, <laughs> I prefer the movie. Yeah. Which is so, is so like, I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's uncommon with uh, adaptations these days. Um, but I do like that one leg up I'll give Marvel over DC is that DC, you know, Warner Brothers, they have this weird obsession with like one story, one or two stories per character, right? Yes. So, so the Flash movie has to be Flashpoint. Mm -hmm. Superman, we got to get to the death of Superman. You know, Batman, it's either Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, or um, Year One. Year One, you know? <laughs> like, or any mix of the three. <laughs> right. Whereas like Marvel is like, well, hey, we got like all this stuff we can do. Let's do let's do this. You know, let's do the Winter Soldier. Let's do Civil War. You know, let's do some aspects of Demon in a Bottle, uh, and then we'll do. And then they can even do Armor Wars later, <laughs> even when Tony Stark's I mean, gone. They've been doing Jane Foster Civil War. Yeah, I I'm very excited about that. That was one of my favorite Thor stories. Uh, was, oh, I can't wait to see her suited up and stuff. Yeah, that, and I. I have my issues with Thor Ragnarok because I felt like, you know, it, it, it ignored everything that happened in the other movies, mm -hmm. which I didn't care for. But at the same time, those other movies aren't nearly as good. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword on that one. It's kind of yeah. hard, but also it's like it, it's, you know, but then again, like rereading this comic and again, I mean, I'm sort of hearing Chris Hemsworth voice as even just the clone Thor and I'm just like, oh, this doesn't feel right to me. Like, I, I kind of miss, like, you know, like Thor just, you know, you know, being like, that's that's what heroes do, you know? Right, being Thor. Right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing about the Civil War book that I don't like. The, mm -hmm. These don't feel like the characters we know. Right. I, yep. I really didn't get that sense from any of them except Spider-Man. Yep. And even then, at the end, he's the guy who says, we were winning. Yeah. It, it's like they're not going to kill each other like it's silly it doesn't i think i don't know i think that the movie had a good had a good way out of it where it's like okay some of us have to lose so that you can get away um, good. <laughs> yeah and and that made a lot of sense versus the the comic where it's just like are they just going to keep fighting and again that's kind of is what happens in the the secret wars war zone book that they keep fighting for another you know six seven years after that mm -hmm. uh which that story in is, of itself is great, but Charles uh, Charles Soule, who wrote it, is a fantastic writer. I said it's a better writer to begin with. <laughs> yes, and uh, Lin, I'm going to butcher this name, Lionel Francis Yu. Um, I mean, Francis Yu, I know I'm saying right, but Lionel, I think his name is. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I feel bad because I've actually met him at Comic Cons. He oh. signed stuff for me. <laughs> I don't remember. That was terrible. Year, that was, yeah, it was years ago. Hey, we've had COVID. All right, give me a break. <laughs> I get you. I, get you. Uh, I just don't know how to pronounce uh, Tynan. I'm with you. Yeah, no, that uh, same. Um, 
but yeah but uh i mean like steve mcniven's art you know is fantastic in the mm -hmm. book and the original civil war comic it's you know it, it there's a reality to it that i think helps heighten the story um and it's just again mark miller just being that larger than life all the characters have flaws and they're on display kind of writing is take or to leave it right um correct i don't know if you agree with this he's kind of like a shitty zack snyder <laughs> uh i can see that yeah <laughs> um yeah kind of the same way where there's they, they although apparently mark miller hated man of steel <laughs> um i'm sure it hates him too yeah <laughs> who knows i i don't care about all that but <laughs> um but yeah uh anyway chris this has been a total blast man like just getting you know we've been talking about this for a while finally getting into the story um and you know I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to make time uh for you to come on the show yeah i really appreciate you having me it was fun i enjoyed it and i love talking to anything captain america so oh <laughs> it worked but, for me yeah uh we'll, we'll get you back for some more cap stuff and uh and then you know you know i, I see your batman thing behind you we talked about before oh, yeah. we recorded you know uh there's there's not there's definitely not a shortage of uh of stuff to talk about these days no, so, there's really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, if anybody wants to find you out there in the interwebs world, where can they find you? Yeah, you guys can follow, uh, find me on Twitter at thatchris70. Um, you can also find all the reviews and stuff I do over at the Let's Go Podcast, which would be letsgopodcast.com. Yeah, and uh, Let's Go Podcast is is awesome. You guys are awesome. I'm glad that I've... <laughs> I've, you know, like I've talked to Justin a couple times and of course the vigilante boys, you know, um, it's a, it's a blast, like getting to know you all. So I'm happy. All good guys. <laughs> uh, so I'm happy that, uh, you know, we're all getting to, getting to collaborate and do all this uh, cool stuff and just have like an hour or so where we just sit here and just gush about like, isn't it great that, you know, we got a civil war movie for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> did you think that was possible yeah, when the book amazing. came out? <laughs> I, I'm still shocked we got that, and we're still getting stuff. Yeah, we got three really great Captain America movies. I never thought that was going to happen. So, <laughs> um, all right, man. So, uh, th thank you again for joining me. Uh, you know, this has been an absolute blast. And uh, for all you out there listening, uh, we just want to say to you that that was my father's shield. You you don't get that shield. That I don't know. That wasn't a good ending, but it's okay. We're going to end anyway. <laughs>